0: In every generation, there are chosen queers. We alone will stand against the cisheads, the straights, and the forces of darkness. We are the gayers. Hello, and welcome to We Are the Gayers, a podcast where a couple of sorcerers talk about Slayers, a Buffyverse story. I am Lark Malachi Gray.
1: And I am Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about episode two of Slayers, in which Spike... Clem and Indira are getting the lowdown from Cordelia about her vampire queen, Drusilla, who, unlike in our universe, has leveled up in ambition. Spike is, of course, down for more world saving. And Indira is excited to do more real Slayer shit. But unfortunately, Anya is not responding to the hail of three to beam up. (laughs) That's because Drew and Anya are having a little face off in Anya's universe, which Anya wins. Drusilla goes home to her girlfriend, as we find out is Evil Tara, who's a lot a bit possessed and a lot horny for Drew, which, same. (laughs) Anyway, the demon Anyanka answers Cordelia's call, and she's pissed at every Anya that exists, it turns out. Thankfully, the other Anya shows up and binds this Anyanka so she can't bother them right now uh now they have to get some supplies in order to do more universe jumping so uh onion and dira go to the magic box and spike and cordy go to save the other slayer briefly mentioned in the last episode from the hot femme uh (laughs) miranda only it's a demon ambush dun
0: dun yes all right, so listeners, come with me now as we enter the bronze, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Um, I, too, would love to have a, like, hand-tooled dollhouse full of taxidermied tiny
1: critters. I, honestly, I'm like, <laughs> I am very down with this aesthetic.
0: Uh, it Everyone great. was so rude about Drusilla, and I was like, excuse me. <laughs> That is exquisite.
1: People pay a lot of money on Etsy to have that ex- to have something very similar. So, Drusilla's just, you know, ahead of the curve, DIYing her best life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> my first thing is um. Baby Gay Indira, when she's like... Oh, you mean Spike's hot ex, Drusilla? I know. And it's like, <laughs> yes, you are correct, but also... <laughs> everyone in this in this story is gay thanks thank you yep
0: i know i love it so much Mm -hmm. um clem is just continuing to be as much of a joy to have in the story as you would expect clem to be from like knowing him from the tv show and i just love where he's like planning for how he's going to babysit Anyanka, the demon, <laughs> It's like, I'm going to read to her. I hope she likes this romance novel that I've been reading. It's so naughty, and I'm just like, I'm so happy
1: you're here. Yes, I also love it, and then, um, yeah, it's just, he's such a joy of a character to have, and I feel like, yeah, just everything about Clem in so far has been just chef's kiss A+. Um, We get I think, our one and only mention of Xander here as just some dude Cordelia knew at school. And I'm like, as it should
0: be. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Such a blessing. <laughs> um, speaking of annoying people, not a Mr. Pickles fan, me. Um, he is the Xander of this book. And... I don't want him. For
1: that is really funny. <laughs> I had a very similar thing because I am just also like I love a witch's familiar, but I'm this, the monkey's
0: not. It's not doing it for me. No. What do you have any ideas about why this decision was made artistically?
1: Um. I I guess the only thing I could think of is if they wanted Tara to have a familiar that was a little bit more. That I guess was, like, smarter and more responsive than, like, a dog or a cat or another traditional, what you would imagine a, like, which is familiar to be. So, which I honestly think is maybe just a, a failure of imagination because you could have easily made this a, like, a bird or a cat. I think it would honestly be not, less annoying than mm-hmm. a monkey. And, like, having to have someone make monkey sounds in this audiobook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Exactly. And I checked. I'm like, y'all couldn't even have called up Alan Turdick
0: to do the animal sounds because it's like that's <laughs> literally his game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if this isn't Alan Turdick, I don't know what's happening. I don't think it is. I don't think so either. No. We
1: get we, we learn from Anya that the master of season one, season one big bad, uh, actually did some actual evil shit by attacking at prom and it seems like murdering all of Cordelia's support system which hilariously makes this the second alternative universe we see the master actually doing some evil shit versus him just like hanging out I mean he's like trapped for most of season one but it's just like very funny that he seems more dangerous in other universes (laughs) than the universe in which Buffy murders (laughs) him because like the wish his like human farm is like like that's pretty fucked up Mm-hmm. And also having had gained control of Sunnydale as the as their vampire king, which I guess is good. We get the master being pretty ineffectual for Buffy, but it's just I don't know. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to point that out as it like.
0: I guess I'm like, well, I don't. We don't know how effective he would have been had Buffy stayed dead. That's true. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. Um, I yeah. So my last thing here is that. I had just such a like, oof, too real reaction to them being like, oh yeah, they're going to fill the Hellmouth in with landfill and build a park on top of it. <laughs> I was like, 100%, that is exactly what they're going
1: to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> We're going to know where this giant sinkhole is, we'll just throw some trash in it, it'll be fine. Put a target up there, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, it's a wildlife sanctuary. We don't know why everything keeps dying. It's so weird.
1: Funny how that well, works out. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what do you...
1: Have uh, my my last thing is, we just have an instance where uh, we can use the line, curse your sudden and inevitable betrayal. Esther, for ratting Spike out, for being cut out of a card game, which... I mean, I think debatable. It's like, yeah, that was that was gonna bite you in the ass regardless. So that was not a very smart thing to do, Spike. <laughs> so. Yeah, right.
0: If it isn't the consequences of my own action. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. Seriously, if you've got like five people in the world that you trust enough to be like, you can know about my secret identity, you really shouldn't just treat them like that like well fuck you get out of my card game like okay what did you think was gonna happen spike i know our guy never been the best thinker you know
1: you know uh it's just yeah sometimes he's he's just he's just very impulsive sometimes and yeah you know it feels great in the moment and then you're like wait i literally did not think this through <laughs> for even <Yeah>. two <laughs> seconds <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Welcome to the cemetery where we talk about characters. Let's start with Spike.
1: This isn't really a character. Well, it's a little bit of character development. So we go to Spike's hip loft (laughs) to Uh get supplies, question mark, whatever. It doesn't actually matter. And... I love the bit where uh, Indira is like reading off some of Spike's poetry books. And it is, of course, I think exactly the kind of poetry that if someone was like, what kind of poetry do you think Spike owns? Is it like the like weird goth erotic poetry? Yes, that is exactly what because like Sylvia Plath, I mean, excellent poet, you know. She's writing some sad, some sad girl shit right there. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. reason why a lot of us go through a Sylvia Plath face. <laughs> and like Pablo Nerudo, it's all this like weird, sexy goth shit. Because I brought a collection of Pablo Nerudo poems to use in Buffy fan fiction. So it just...
0: Whoa, yeah. you, and, you and Amber Benson on the same wavelength in terms of... Same, same wavelength.
1: <laughs> it's just like you read a like weird Pablo Nerudo poem and you're like, this is talking about, about gay vampires. So like clearly... <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh yeah, patrons, I will put a link in the Patreon about one of the stories that I used to Pablo over before. Anyway, so yeah, I just love how like what a fan wave. Like the Amber Benson is clearly on cuz I'm like, yeah,
0: mhm. Incredible. Mhm. Yeah, this is a very rich spike. I mean, it's a whole a rich spike book, but um chapter, episode, whatever um he's really like all over the fucking place i love that how we see like every facet of spike and i feel like it's more fun his sort of intros to every chapter um on your second go through of the book where you know that for at least the first half of the book he's just telling himself the story of what's just happened (laughs) while like laying in a crypt (laughs) waiting to like quote unquote come back from the dead yeah um that makes me really happy. And I just love that in the beginning of this one when he's like, yeah, like Endear is such a big fan of me. Like, who wouldn't be? He basically it's just like, obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, clearly I have fans. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who wouldn't be obsessed with me? And I love that for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. Yeah, so much of the, like, Spike characterization, especially, like, in this chapter and really in the whole book, is very much like, yeah, that is, as an obsessive fan, I'm like, yeah, this feels very correct <laughs> to yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it for every Spike fan who is listen, who's listening to this because it's really...
0: Yeah. I have one more Spike thing. The, uh, the part where Clem, I think, continuing from last week where Clem is like, showing his best friend uh Nis by just saying the rudest shit. To Spike. <laughs> He's like, you do love to be needed. And I was like, oh ow. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse yourself. Yeah, yeah. The, no, the
1: library's still open.
0: Clem is still reading him. So hard. Like, damn.
1: <laughs> uh and like, yeah, as, especially as like that is literally one of Spike's core Character, a defining part of his character is that his clear need to be needed by other people. Mm-hmm. So, also, my other favorite thing about his uh, the type of people he wants to need him are femmes who could murder him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yup.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I uh, deeply respect <laughs> to all the hard femmes out there.
0: Uh, speaking of, should we move on to. Whomever you want to talk about next.
1: Uh yeah. Uh speaking of hard femmes, uh, I just want to say a little bit about Drew. We get more Drew dialogue in this chapter. And I honestly love this like more coherent Drew than we get in Canon. Cause it's just, ugh. It's it's just perfect. I just all like all of the dialogue for her and the way that Juliet Lando performs it is just like, mm Yeah, everything about it is great. Yeah. I think also in this chapter, at least, it also sort of shows that like, when it comes to romance, that Spike and Drew are maybe a little bit on like, like they're kind of also on the same wave flank words, like a romantic who wants a femme fatale and like the more fatale part of that, the better. (laughs) So, yeah. And of course, just there are no heterosexual vampires. So I'm just really here for this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Extremely um i i just love sorry when tara's like really though drew like what what happened to the dog and drusilla's like i didn't eat it what do you think i am a monster and then just like laughs laughs. i just i don't know man that's the side of drusilla that i never knew i needed but like turns out i need it so badly um give it to me thank you
1: yeah like right it's i think from yeah this this chapter on i'm just like yes all of all of the all of the drew that we're seeing is just exactly what i want like if i could drink it i would chug it because i'm just like yes everything (laughs) everything about this and of course uh leading on to my next point the fact that her and evil tara are in a fucking relationship it's like this is the gay rep that i deserve
0: (laughs) yeah totally it's so good
1: it's like, uh, I would not have maybe in, in, ever envisioned this as a pairing, but now I'm like, oh, I'm I'm in. I'm sold. Like, uh, evil queer power couple. Like, I'm just, what, what more is there? Like, there's nothing. I'm like, just flailing everyone because I'm just like, what more <laughs> do you need <laughs> from
0: your fiction? Yeah, I know. And I feel like, oh, they start it so strong, too, because you know, I, we all, we know these characters are like, what? Like, what? How? What? And by having it be where Drusilla's mad because Tara, like, locked the door or whatever and Tara's, like, just gets really, like, bossy with her and is, like, this isn't going to work if you're going to treat me like that. And it makes Drusilla get all like... I basically just... Tara gets super toppy all out of nowhere. And Drusilla is like, hey. And you're like, whoa, okay. Yeah, in, sold, fine. Got it, great.
1: Right. And you're just like, yes, this is this is the Terra that I wish we could have seen. I mean, maybe not evil. I mean, I would be like, yes, evil Tara. Uh, people have a lot of strong feelings about Tara as a character, but I just... I do wish we would have gotten more of her tapping into her inner top, as it were. Um, And I'm glad that we're getting it here (laughs) so great. Yeah. Um, Even if it turns out that Tara is possessed and there's a little, little sliver of OG good Tara inside of her being like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I am not going to let you murder Anya's dog that you guys brought together because... I don't know. I feel like their friendship seems very gay. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're a shop together, you guys probably adopted this dog together. I'm
0: like, all right. <laughs> it just... was never like that with their <laughs> quotes around Okay. Right. <laughs> what was it like? <laughs> uh
1: huh. We're just besties. And I'm like, okay. I mean And people can obviously have very close, like romantic friendships with with queer platonic relationships with their friends. Uh so I just I really just love it. Because yeah, I think I think the question of like, okay, but are you just friends is a legitimate one to ask given the evidence.
0: Yeah. I feel like this conversation runs the risk of being like weirdly erasing for Okay. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave us processing this too. Um I
1: guess we could end, I guess I could end on saying that, like, I l- love the friendship that Tara and Anya seem to have had before Tar got possessed and is like, I got to, you know, I got to go hang out with my uh, vampire girlfriend who wants to rule the world.
0: hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: Sometimes your friends go through rough, rough patches everywhere. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they, you know,
1: but sometimes try they do the
0: whole world. They
1: date people and you're just like, what do you see in them? They're a <laughs> literal blood sucking vampire. <laughs> uh
0: yep. Um yeah, do you want to talk about AU Anya? I do. Um, she's so much like our Anya in a way that's really nice i mean obviously she's a little bit different but unlike cordelia she's like more or less unchanged
1: yes i love anya being a like smart and powerful witch um partly because one of my questions about like the original canon was we see anya's backstory as she was a witch in viking times i don't know what time period that is and then she gets recruited by de to be a vengeance demon. And then, you know, she loses her power center, you know, in Sunnydale. But it's like, aren't you still technically a witch? Were all of your magical powers sapped up by, like, your pendant? Because you still have, presumably, like, magical knowledge, which no one really ever asked Anya about, which I'm like, this seems deeply weird um, Mm -hmm. to me. So I'm just really glad we get this powerful witch Anya who like knows her shit and is doing all this shit and it's just like yeah I love it for her
0: mm-hmm. yeah I imagine that um you know our Anya probably was still a witch but like I don't know if you I'm trying to think of what would a good analogy be but basically she like I don't know was really really good at doing math by hand and then she got a a calculator, and she used a calculator for a thousand years, and then it's like go back to doing math by hand. And I don't think you're just going to like fall back into it, right? You got to relearn those equations, even if you're still like a person who can do equations really well. Like you yeah. don't remember, you don't remember what they are if you haven't had to do it. You that, know,
1: that's true. I mean, maybe this is just honestly a greater gripe I have with Anya's characterization in the show, where it's like in which I feel like they don't where i like you could be relying more on anya's knowledge of having lived for a thousand years and being a demon more than the show actually does which is like has always kind of frustrated me
0: yeah i think that's super fair
1: so it's like you don't have to have Jazz go all the exposition like anya lived through some of this shit y'all <laughs> like i don't know anyway uh yeah. glad to see anya better off alive thriving no xander in sight love it for her
0: Yeah. Um, also love that she, I just love the thing that makes Spike be like, well, Anya's Anya, no matter where what, what the reality, because she's like, we need you. So if you're coming, let's go. And if you're not, then I regret healing you. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, still my favorite. I know. Uh, yeah,
1: it's just like the, the dialogue. It's just, yeah. Oh, uh, it's so, it's just so perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have any more Anya stuff? I don't. All right. Uh, just real quick. I just want to mention that we get a little bit of uh, AU Cordelia's backstory, which is m- more tragic than we see her character having in the show, where it's like her, her dad raised her. She was not rich. Uh, she had one sister and a watcher and her BFF Harmony, who were unfortunately all murdered on prom night by the master. Or at least they were all murdered by the master, which is just like that fucking sucks. Like, holy shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, so we get a... Obviously the vibe is a older, more sort of emotionally closed off Cordelia. And then you're like, actually that makes sense, given this very intense like, trauma you had when you were like 18, <laughs> that you've maybe never gone to therapy before.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, interesting. I didn't put together the like prom being a senior thing what dance is it that buffy is going to when the master comes back because that's season one so she's 16 but it's a dance it's not prom though i guess
1: i mean i feel like and maybe this happens more in real high schools uh i feel like a lot of high schools have other random dances that like aren't prom or homecoming those are kind of like the big ones and then a lot of places have like smaller ones Mm -hmm.
0: so yeah that makes sense But that means that this timeline is like slightly off from us, right? Because this Cordelia would have been 18 when uh, our Cordelia was 16, which I think is interesting too.
1: I guess you're right. More, more multiverse.
0: Unless the master came back later.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's because it's hard to say because...
0: It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter.
1: Anyway, poor Cordelia.
0: (laughs) Super poor Cordelia. Yeah, it's terrible. Welcome to the Hellmouth, where we talk about things that are fucked up.
1: Uh, I guess my first point is, uh, part of the reason why I think Anya is flourishing is that she had some, uh, strong friendships and was not dating a shitty dude. So, Mm -hmm. love to see. Happy for her. You know? Yep. Living her best life. Has a dog. I'm like, you're, yeah, you're doing great, sweetie. You don't, you don't need a man. (laughs) Uh...
0: Yeah flourishing mm-hmm.
1: and my second point is uh indira mentions in this chapter that uh, people in her universe slash our universe uh don't believe in demons and vampires and slayers even though they are clearly out in the world and i think pre-pandemic i would not have believed that to be like but there are slayers every like you could probably look at youtube videos of like slayers killing vampires and now i'm like Oh, no, people would just be like, that's fake, that's made up, that's fake news, that's CGI, and would just not, or would be like, I already don't believe in vampires, so nothing you can say to me will prove otherwise. And I'm like, bleak. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I guess I'm like deeply curious to see like what kind of fiction and what kind of fiction tropes are going to come out of our like, I mean, the pandemic is still happening, we're not in a post-pandemic world but in a post, a majority of people caring about it world. And so I feel like that, I don't know. I'm like, that that feels a little bit like a, you know, people don't care about COVID dig a little bit. So
0: yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Welcome to the magic box where we rant about stuff. We'll probably have to talk about this multiple times I Okay, I was listening to this and doing my notes, listeners, earlier while Jesse and I were co-working. We were, like, both muted on Zoom working. I ended up turning my camera off because, like, I could not witness myself reacting to (laughs) people making kissy sounds in an audiobook. Like, the amount of secondhand embarrassment that fills my body... Every time someone kisses in this book is like so much that like seeing it mirrored back to me and my little Zoom camera <laughs> like made it more than I could tolerate. I had to like turn that off because it was just thinking about it makes me want to die. I cannot overstate how horrible it is.
1: I think I get that because, yeah, I think the... Honestly, the monkey sound effects for me are like worse, but it is really weird. It's like super awkward. And it just...
0: It's The thing is that every time it happens, I go from being like in the world. I'm like seeing what's happening in my head as they're talking. I'm like, you know, watching a TV show in my brain. And then all of a sudden I am watching Amber Benson and Juliet Landau standing at a microphone going. <laughs> 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 and I don't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I'm just like. No, no, thank you. Sorry, I'm probably banging stuff trying to hide in my hood. But like, I can't. It's so much worse than it's Giles. You guys, that's why we're going to have to talk about it again. Uh, It is so much worse than it's Giles. I know, yeah.
1: It's just, (laughs) we could have, you could have not, you could have not made that choice.
0: Oh my God, it's so much. I can't, I kind of want to put up a poll or just I'll say out loud, people, please tell me like, how do you like... Where do where do you rate on a scale of one to ten on people making mouth sounds, kissy mouth sounds in an audio book? Like, how do you feel about it? Great? Terrible? Let me know.
1: <laughs> I'm like, what is the word for, like, anti-ASMR? <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, what do you have?
1: Uh, I mean, I just don't like the choice of giving... Tara, a monkey familiar. I just don't like it. I just wish that they had made any other animal choice. Literally anything else.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. The piano, too. Like, I don't fully understand anything about why it's happening. I get that we need Tara to be having a conversation out loud about her secret plans. Yeah. Could she be... Talking out loud as she journals. Could she be talking to her cat? Could she... Like, literally, there's got to be another way. Um Because this is really weird. And I don't... Yeah, I don't like it.
1: Yeah. I honestly think I'm like, a cat would have been a better, <laughs> better choice, honestly. Yeah. I think it's one of the biggest missteps in this book is, like, having to continue to have someone make monkey sounds for... Even though the name Mr. Pickles is pretty funny, but I'm, other than that, I'm just like...
0: The cat could have been named Mr. Pickles. That would have been fine.
1: Exactly. And then part of me is like, is it real villain shit that you like have this pet slash familiar monkey? I'm like, don't... Monkeys belong in their natural habitats and not in people's evil lairs or their homes. No, that's true.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Okay, so there's a lot of like... This book is, in a lot of ways, extremely unsubtle in a way that, like, is not always working for me. Like, the conversations between, like, Good Terra and Possessed Terra are just, like, too on the nose. Where, like, Good Terra says, someone has to fight for your soul. And I'm like, you guys, could we be, like, a little little bit less specific? You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) It's it. It does feel like taking the idea of evil Tara having good Tara as like her Jiminy Cricket character, like too literal. Where it's like you're not in a Disney movie where good Tara is a literal cricket. Like you could, right? You could put some more. It could be more subtle, artistic dialogue. I don't know what word I'm trying to find. Yeah, just
0: chill. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just a little too much. Yeah. Um, and it it's. Does the same thing with sort of, like, the morals that we're supposed to be getting from the book, too, where we have this conversation with Anya and Indira, where Anya's like, humans are, like, can be worse than demons because they have the opportunity to choose to be good, and then they choose to be selfish, and that's worse than being a demon, and that's why... Like women like us need to stick together, whether we're like literally magic or metaphorically magic. And I'm like, you guys, you're supposed to let us do that work. Like yeah. you write the story and we figure out that that's the message of the story by ourselves. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to tell us. Yeah. Trust us a little more than that. You know, I'm not I'm not loving this.
1: Yeah. Right. It's like, let us grapple with the difference between human evil and demon evil. And I think as we've discussed, I'm like, I feel like it's a lot more complicated than this show ever, definitely ever tries to be. And so it's weird to have it here where it's like you're already sort of investigating more complexities of the Buffyverse anyway. It's like, I, I really don't need you to be like, it's bad when humans choose to be evil. I'm like, yeah, I know that I live in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it fucking sucks. Like, I'm aware. Thank you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think if you want if you want us to think about that existentially, you write the crumbs for the thinking, you write that into the story, and then you let us think about it. You don't need don't don't spoon feed me, you know,
1: yeah. or at least don't spoon fill me, like, an hour and 20 minutes into this book. Like, if we get this at like, you know, you're a chapter seven, and it's like, case you weren't you know not in case you weren't sure but it's like all right we've gone through all of these like hard trials and tribulations and it's like yeah okay like
0: they're gonna keep doing it don't worry
1: yeah i know they do i'm just kind of like yeah i'm just like we it didn't need to be this way
0: <laughs> it didn't need to be this
1: way <laughs> <sighs> So Amber Benson, if you have listening to this, get, shoot us an email if you need some other writers, and we're
0: I'm so good at I'm editing available. Amber Benson, please
1: <laughs> listen. I will
0: edit your next story.
1: Exactly. I will. I will. I can help write it. Lark can edit it. Uh, we already have a platform, you know, uh, to talk about it. Just uh, I would say, give us a call. Don't give us a call. There's no number. Uh, shoot us. Shoot us. A, shoot us an email.
0: <laughs> please do. We'd love that. <sighs> welcome to the library where we talk about magic and science and magical science and research that we did
1: uh i think i might have all of these things <laughs> in today's episode
0: let's go i, I want
1: to start off with vengeance demons which we learn more about in this chapter than we get in the entire eight season seven oh my god seven seasons of buffy <laughs> Which is that it is the uh, connection between a human and a vengeance demon is more like like what happens between a human being turned into a vampire than a like, pos- being possessed by the demon. As Anyanka is angrily will correct you that it's not a possession. It is, I mean, I guess a parasite. Confusing. A, flesh. <laughs> What's a <I> melding. <laughs> Uh, something deeply sexy, it turns out, is what <laughs> Definitely
0: <laughs> makes, like, two become one by the Spice Girls play in my head, you know?
1: Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's a very erotic, uh, you know, uh, situation that's happening. Uh, and, yeah, vengeance, vengeance Demons need a, I guess, a human host. I mean, they need a host, I didn't say it did not say necessarily that it's human. Um, unless you're Onyanka, who could just... Using the power of misandry, create your own human body.
0: <laughs> yeah, good for her.
1: Yeah, yeah. And as we learn that even though this universe is on Yanka is clearly on a quest to, you know, you're just so angry at your Anya, you got to kill all the other Anyas in the multiverse. But there's, there's still a, like, magical connection, which is interesting and maybe just comes from right the fact that anyaka was with our anya for like a thousand years maybe you're just kind of like it's a vibe it's a smell it's a magical signature i don't know mm-hmm. yeah which does beg the question if our anya obviously vengeance demons know about the multiverse it's like so did you ever encounter like other anyas <laughs> when you're like a, being a vengeance demon hmm. I don't know. It just seems, it seems unlikely this is the first time that Anyanka is interacting with another Anya. Yeah. Love it.
0: I don't have anything here. It's all you. All
1: right. Uh, We get another cool thing that I deeply appreciate is Cordelia is like in touch with this sort of magic in both in the world, but also like, she's like, I'm a slayer. Like slayers are made of magic. Like, duh, I know this. And, which is another thing that often had bothered me actually about the show where it's like, You know, aside from being involved in spells, I'm just like, weird that Buffy wasn't taught more about like magical stuff to like be able to sense that within herself and not have to have Willow or Giles or Tara or whatever be like a magical thing, you know? Right. So yeah, I just love that Kudu is like, I have my best friend as a witch, but I can still do cool magical shit too. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. And my last thing, which we touched about briefly... At the beginning of this episode, which is the sinkhole that is Sunnydale, as we last saw on the last episode of Buffy. And somehow there's still parts of Sunnydale that exist that aren't in the sinkhole, including the magic box, which seems I'm kind of like, really? <laughs> I mean, I just I feel like I said the call shenanigans on that. I'm just like, that does not seem like even if it was still there. Like a safe place you would want to go, there'd still be stuff in there. Like I'm just like, seriously, like really?
0: I here's what I imagine in my head. This is so silly. I didn't really know that this was what I was imagining until we had this conversation. Is <laughs> basically that like, you know, we saw Sunnydale. It's a it's a big hole. The sign fell in, but like maybe everything that like out from the school just sort of like like fell down. Oh, it just it just so sank. it's like smashed you know it's like not like good down there but it's like more or less intact mm. it's just like down there now you know like i don't think it's not the magic box is in the sinkhole it's just not like a pile of rubble
1: yeah i guess that does make sense yeah because i guess in my brain i had you know envisioned that like right like the whole town is just like whatever the spatial reality of what the hell moth is physically underneath the city I'm just kind of like, there's, uh, I guess I just envisioned there would be like nothing in there, but ruin, ruin. but I guess we're learning that there's, it's not quite as ruinous and somehow the state of California didn't already fill it in and put a golf course and a gated community over it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: They'll get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else?
1: I do not have anything else.
0: Cool all right thank you all so much for listening to this episode of we are the gayers we'll be back in two weeks with our coverage of episode three of slayers um check the show notes for all of the things including you know all the other podcasts that we make and the work that we do and how to support us and until next time it's
1: the hell mouth bitch like what